Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Welcome to the Investories podcast with me, your host, John Hooper. Uh, again, Kyle's not with me this week. He'll be back next week. And um, yeah, super excited about that. So stick around for that. Uh, this week, we've got um, Anchor on, Anchor Chadda. Anchor is a Brit like me. He's from, from the UK. He's been here about 18 months. And his journey is is really interesting. He was a real estate professional in the UK. He was in commercial real estate. And now he's kind of rebuilding, um, I guess, his career in, in the U.S. Um, up in North County, in, in San Diego County. So, um, yeah, super interesting conversation about kind of starting again and the kind of mindset it takes to to get going again. Uh, and then also the kind of relearning and um, picking up the kind of tactics and techniques uh, that he is to, to grow into uh, both commercial real estate as a real estate agent and broker and also as a as a wholesaler as well so it's a really kind of wide-ranging uh conversation about kind of that that learning process and that process of um of kind of reacquiring a network it's it's super interesting um while i've got you here if you wouldn't mind just before the episode can you give us a a, a thumbs up a five-star review um and feel free to reach out to us investories uh podcast at gmail.com if you have any burning questions or guests we should speak to or you want to come and speak to us and investories pod uh, on instagram come say hi uh, come hang out and we'll uh, we'll catch up all right without further ado here's the uh, episode welcome to the investories podcast anchor chada hey anchor how you doing how's it going good to be on here good to be on here. we've got two brits on the air finally and kyle my co-host isn't here i moved here to get away from people like you and now you just drag <laughs> me onto a podcast like this but, there you oh, go and you're up in north county there. so the divide is real there is like a yeah, 40, real divide, yeah. 40 mile definitely. difference definitely so so i've been here um what seven seven or eight years you've been here what three or four months is that right no it's actually 18 months i've been here oh 18 months uh, yeah Sorry. yeah so i moved here uh september 2021 so kind of after the whole COVID thing happened. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I you? landed luckily in sunny San Diego. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad place. Uh, if You know, I, I, I'm not constantly bad. talking about San Diego, so I'll, I'll let other people <laughs> sell it. Um, so you work in, in, in real estate as a, as a real, uh, real estate agent, um, but you also work with SoCal House Offers. Um, so yeah. we're going to dive into all of that, the kind of duality of, of what that looks like. Yeah, um, sure. But first of all, let's talk real estate generally and your your journey into into real estate. So you started in the UK, right? Yeah. Started in the UK. Um, I did a real estate degree, 2005, long time ago now. Uh, and then graduated in 2008, right when the recession hit. Um, and perfect yeah, timing. I started, perfect timing, yeah. I started in the, in the corporate world in commercial um, in London. And it was about two weeks before Lehman Brothers crashed. And then there were 20 of us graduates that started and there were four of us left after that week had finished. Um, and luckily I was in a department um, which was based on tax savings for, for real estate occupation. And so we were safe. So I was lucky enough to keep my head down for two years and uh, qualified as a chartered surveyor uh, in the UK. 
And then I just carried on uh, throughout the commercial real estate industry, uh, moving more towards the transactional side, which is where I found myself a bit more comfortable. Um, you know, I was doing management and valuation and things like that, but I just preferred being where all the transactions are happening. So I moved over to um, office agencies, so letting offices and, and other commercial space. And then I moved finally to in investment. So acting on behalf of um, sort of pension funds and institutions and private investors and uh, buying and selling uh, commercial uh, investments, um, mainly in the, in the Midlands area where I'm originally from uh, in Birmingham. Shout out to Birmingham and the bull ring. I used to work in Birmingham many years ago, and I love that place. The shopping centre, the food, it's, it's great. It's a great spot. It's good. It's good. I miss a curry, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, um, <laughs> me and my wife, we make that at home, so we don't miss that too much. But I know what you mean. Oh, there you uh, go. Indian food, there you Indian go. food is a lot better in the UK than it is uh, here. <laughs> I, can't. I was going to say that's controversial. But that's not controversial. I think I've said that on this podcast. <laughs> One of the biggest differences, that kind of stuff. Um, that's that's really interesting. And, and so if I could, that that route into kind of the hard knocks of real estate was pretty pretty real in 2008. What yeah. Was there a time where you were kind of worried about um, whether you made the right decision, whether you should change careers or what, what did that look like? Um, because I was, I was safe in, in that department and um, you know, it was my first time out, fresh out of university working in the centre of London and you know, going for beers on a Friday lunchtime. It, the world seemed great to me and I was still <laughs> you know, a 21-year-old kid just um, you know, getting a bit of uh, pocket money to, to pay for sort of going out. So it was the first two years of work seemed like an extension of university. Um, and it, tend to, it tends to be like that on a graduate program. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was great. But as soon as I qualified and, and, and realized that, you know, I'm sort of mid-20s now, uh, I need to decide what I want to do. But um, you generally stay in that real estate career. And, and once you're in, you're in. Um, and everybody knows everyone. It's one of those things. And I've noticed that out here as well. It's uh, Real estate always is a community where everyone sort of sticks together. Um, but, but yeah, no, I've never, I never thought, should I leave real estate? It's uh, once you're in, you're in. You're in for life. You're locked in. So I'm not a professional real estate um, person in any any way, shape or form, but I have kind of ingrained myself into the community here. So I've, I've got the US aspect. Is it, it's very similar in the UK then. What I find is education is shared. People want to raise you up. They want to lift you up and work together to, to get deals done. It's almost like a secret club. Um, yeah. is, it, is it like that back home? Um, to an extent, yes, but the commercial aspect and residential are very different in the UK. And as they are here as well, um, residential is always um, you know, the first port of call, the easiest uh, thing to get into with lower barriers of entry, uh, whereas commercial, it's, you know, the big boys working commercial. But um, what I found is that it's still um, a bit of a club in the UK, but um, what I preferred here is that people tend to share more information here. Um, and I think that's a San Diego thing as well. It might be different in LA, it might be different in the Bay Area, but people are, are more go-givers here rather than in the UK, what I found is everyone was like, oh, this is mine, I'm not sharing this with anyone. Um, so it is definitely more of a, a club and quite clicky in the UK, and I didn't like that. Um, but coming over here, it's, 
it's a lot more uh, chilled out where no one's just having to wear a collar or, or a suit. Everyone's just baseball cap on, t-shirt trainers, and you know we're out doing big deals. So things are just a little bit more real out here and uh, just getting straight to the deal rather than all of the, uh, the fluffy stuff around it, which I've noticed in England, it, it, it is like that. And I will translate for our American listeners that trainers are sneakers. Sneakers, sneakers. Or if you go towards Chicago, I think they call them tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's really interesting. And, and to your point, um, you know, we were at a meetup the other day and they have a have and have not section of that meetup where people just stand yeah. up and say, hey, I need money <laughs> or, hey, I, yeah. I've got this deal. I need someone to buy it. And people kind of go, oh, OK, that sounds really good. Yeah, let's talk. Exactly. It's kind of yeah. like show and tell for, for real estate uh, entrepreneurs, which is yeah, it's su- super interesting. So you moved Definitely. out and uh, you landed in San Diego. Tough gig. Yeah. Um, you then went into what was your journey into kind of uh, re- sell- buying and selling real estate? How did, how did yes. that come about? So obviously a few months uh, before I, I moved out here, it was, you know, what, what I'm going to do out here. And the first thing I thought, right, let's get back into commercial real estate and, and, and do that. But I always had a thing about, um, you know, residential uh, in the US, mainly because of watching programs like Million Dollar Listing and, and Selling Sunset. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. especially in sunny, sunny California, you're thinking, wow, this doesn't look too hard. Wow, I can sell this and... And the commissions are so much higher here than they are in the UK. Commissions in the UK are generally 1% and only the selling agent gets that. There is no buyer's agent. Whereas in the US, it's like 5% split between both of them. So it felt like it was a lot more to go at. So I thought, let's get my real estate license. Uh, And I got my broker's license uh, at the end of 2021. And uh, I joined Compass's brokerage. And, And yeah... It was um, a bit of guidance, but it was sort of like, right, here's your phone number, uh, here's your uh, login, go and make money. And I sort of like that because I'm more of an entrepreneur rather than, um, you know, being in a, in a nine to five where, you know, you're having to do what people tell you to do for, for a salary. I'd prefer to, you know, be the master of my own destiny. Mm-hmm. And so it did align with, you know, what I wanted to do, um, but it was tough. It was tough yeah. because every other person you see and meet, oh, I'm a real estate agent as well. We're like, oh, okay. So you're looking at the same stuff as me, yeah. And there's just so many agents and so many people are getting bothered by agents. And whilst um, you know a couple of deals were done, it was uh, by no means enough to to um, you know afford a lifestyle down here. Um, so I, um, my, my wife was luckily, uh, working and, you know, she still is. So, uh, helped us and supported us that way. And, uh, now I've moved over to, uh, another brokerage, uh, called, uh, called Calhomco. And Calhomco is very different, uh, to all the other standard, um, sort of brokerages and, and teams out there, um, because they're very much focused on investment and they want their agents to be investors themselves rather than, you know, just buying and selling homes and never owning anything. And the majority of agents don't own a property. They may own their own primary residence, but they don't actually invest. So uh, Calonco, you know, makes sure that you understand what investment's all about and they help you get your first investment property as well. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. And, um, and yeah, it's great. Uh, what I've learned is that being around the right people 
and you hear it all the time, you read it in books and you hear it on YouTube and podcasts and stuff, uh, is that, you know, be around the, the people that you want to be like. And I've noticed that uh, re- recently by just turning up to meetups and meeting people like you and other investors and other developers and just learning and just being in that being in that space and it pushes you to get into the space that you want to absolutely and i think you you've nailed something really important which we look for when we bought our short-term rental the first question i asked um our agents that we were speaking to was do you invest do you invest in the local area and if not, what do you understand about investing in the local area? And that was a really interesting conversation yeah. with a few on positive and negative with a few different agents. It was really interesting yeah, exactly. um, to go through exactly. that route. And um, yeah, and and funnily enough, there are a ton of real estate agents, but there's not a ton of great real estate agents. And I think one of the examples we had was we sat, um, we had a conversation with a friend of a friend who was a real estate agent for about 20 minutes about how we're about to buy a house and we're really excited and we haven't really started looking, but we've got the funds. Not once did he said, did he say who represents you? And could we talk about, you know, me doing that for you? And I think because Mm -hmm. I was there in, in sweats and a backwards hat, I got the, uh, Oh, this guy's probably not got any cash and he's probably not going to buy and blah, blah, blah. It was really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it, it can be like that. But yeah, not everyone can be switched on and it's just the way it is, way of the world really. Mm-hmm. But um it's it's one of those industries that can seem, you know, very glamorous. But there's only generally only a few people doing a handful of most of the deals and then the rest of the people are sort of doing doing a few. So it's it's really about where you want to be and what you want to do. And when people say they're in real estate and they're just an agent they're not really in real estate. To be in real estate is owning real estate and investing in it. Mm-hmm. Being a real estate agent is the same as you know, being anyone else in the chain, whether it's an appraiser or a home inspector or a, a lender. It's just one part of the puzzle. You're not in real estate until you're investing in it. And I've only you know, realized that recently. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. I want to just throw it back a few, probably, well, probably a year and a half ago. No, let's say... 13 months ago which is did you have that so when I moved out here I I kind of moved out couldn't work waiting for my work permit all that good stuff and there's a period where all I did was tune my resume and look for jobs and go to the gym that was about it that was my day and it's I lived in that fear for a while it was it was kind of a state of 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 fear of shock of kind of jumping in cold water and being like holy crap I need to figure this out um did you did you go through that at all uh no luckily so I I got my green card as soon as I left the UK so um Uh, I was able to work straight away but it's still you know when you're when you're working and not working for a salary you still got the monk on your back and you're just like I need to get that first deal I need to get that first deal so um you know the first one's always uh always the hardest but um you just gotta be around those people and, and generally I found um in the US or maybe the people I've been hanging around with everyone's sort of like a go-getter just like Mm-hmm. If you want it, go and get it and work hard towards it. And I'm sure you get those people all over the world, but I've just been sort of immersed in that um, uh, that community. I've, I've probably felt it a bit more here. Yeah, and once you get in, it's it's infectious, right? Like yeah. going to meetups. And, you know, the one we went to the other day was free. They don't ask yeah. you for money. They're not, they're oh, not yeah. selling anything. And you go and you just meet these people and they're just like 
streaking down the road in terms of picking up real estate and doing deals and it's 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 great to listen to and great to kind of converse on definitely definitely um but yeah meetup's brilliant and uh, that's how um you know my wife and i really made all our friends here was through meetup because you know both of us you know we didn't have any friends or family nearby and what you do you go to meetup groups and they weren't real estate ones they were just you know beer beer or breweries or hiking or whatever it was and you know we made a, a really good circle of friends here and uh I think the internet has, has helped um, in, in those things and where you can just get out there and meet anyone. There you go, especially with a brewery. It's always good. Oh, yeah. You would have, <laughs> you would have seen me there anyway. I didn't, I didn't need a meetup group for that. <laughs> yeah, it was default meetup. Um, <laughs> yeah. in, t- in terms of then um, your work with, uh, with SoCal House Offers, what, what does that look like? Uh, you're working with them in acquisitions, right? Yeah, so that's uh, that's a business that I've set up. So that's uh, that's my new gig, uh, which is basically we are are going direct to seller, and uh, we're doing direct to seller marketing and, and picking up distressed properties that way. Um, so I'm focusing purely on San Diego County for now, and uh, I've got a team that's sort of out there cold calling and uh, and knocking doors and, and trying to find those leads. Uh, where we can find motivated sellers and um, you know pick up those houses whether it's to to flip um, or or rehab and, and buy and hold or develop on and, and build an ADU on and add value so there's a there's a lot of opportunity around um, it's just whether or not you've got the time to to go out and, and get it so what does that look like from a from a structure you have you outsource cold calling do you outsource yeah. door knocking as well yeah, so um, I've got, and I do a lot myself as well, but uh, driving for dollars, so, you know, driving around certain neighbourhoods that you want to target and, and, and finding those properties that look distressed where, you know, the lawn is overgrown, there's a broken down car or there's boarded up windows. It looks like maybe that needs to be picked up and given some love. Um, those recorded and, and skipping, skip tracing those and, and calling the owners and trying to contact to find if they're motivated to sell. Um, so that's one avenue and other avenues are, you know, like a lot of people do picking up, uh, lists from prop stream batch leads, um, on pre foreclosures or, um, tax liens, uh, high equity, low equity, um, absentee landlords and really stacking those lists together and, um, and, and yeah, cold calling them. So I've got a virtual assistant, um, who's abroad. Um, going at that and then I any warm leads will come towards me and, and, and I'll speak to those sellers and, and, and try and close the deal so it's uh, it's it's a long process but you know it's uh, and a lot of people are, are doing it but um, sometimes it's just easier doing that than being being an agent so going to a seller <laughs> as an investor rather than an agent selling your services is, is, a, is a totally different angle of way of doing it and ultimately that's what I want to do is is invest and, and keep hold of those properties. Uh, if not, I've got plenty of other clients who would who would uh, who would grab them for me. Well, that's the perfect uh, perfect kind of handoff, isn't it? It's like being able to sell it on. Or so is that? Yeah. Are you are you typically trying to wholesale the lead, or are you trying to actually buy the place? Or no, a bit, I'd, bit I'd, of everything. Uh, yeah, so it depends. So. Um, the aim is to get it under contract and um, if I can close on it myself and I haven't got too many opportunities that I'm working on, then I'll hold on to it myself and, and, and flip it and, and do the project myself. 
Um, if I'm unable to do that, then I've got plenty of partners where I can assign that contract and I can take an assignment fee for myself. So yeah, uh, I'll wholesale the deals that uh, maybe aren't right for me and I'll keep the ones or wholesale it to myself, um, the ones I want, that I want to keep. Um, and if there's anything that requires some development or something that's you know beyond my pay grade, JV with someone who knows how to do it. And that is one piece of advice, 100%. Is if you're unsure on something or unsure of how to underwrite something or unsure like, could I get an ADU here or could I do this or could I actually demolish and build 20 apartments? Have someone look at it for you. And if it means that you JV with them or you, you know, don't take a fee from it, it doesn't matter because that learning process is, um, you know, the perfect thing to do, I think. That's awesome. And in terms of then, um, you know, buying, holding or flipping, what, is, what does the finance piece look like that? Are you, you privately financing it or do you have a partner or uh, backing? Yeah, it's a mix really. So um, I have a few private lenders that I, that I work with and, and generally those are the people who are um, sort of too busy in their day jobs but who are high earners, want to get into real estate but mm -hmm. don't have the time. Um, and they just want to park their money somewhere rather than putting it in their savings account. It's like, right, if I can get 15% from this money, it's more than I want to get anywhere else. And it's secured against mm -hmm. real estate. It's not putting it into stocks. It's not putting it into these yep. things where, you know, they, it's, it's a gamble at the end of the day. Real estate, if you're working with the right people, it's not a gamble. It's bricks and mortar, you know. Um, so I'm working with private lenders, but also um, hard money lenders as well, um, who will finance you know, around 85% of, of the purchase on the way in and then 100% of the rehab. So getting money is not is not the issue. Um, and it shouldn't be for anyone, really. It's all about getting the deal. That's the main thing. Um, if you find the deal, then you'll always find someone with, with money, whether it's uh, someone to lend you the money or to JV with someone and someone can bring their expertise to the table and money. Mm -hmm. And in terms of kind of this this business, I guess the educational piece of this, how did that come about? I think you're you're uh, part of Pace Morby's group, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so um, I'm not fully part of it now, but I am. I am looking to join that mentorship. Um, YouTube is is uh, YouTube University. It's like it's amazing. You know, there's so much that you can pick up on there, but you've got to be careful because there's. A million things on there and it's it's shiny object syndrome uh, yeah. shiny object syndrome where you're just like oh maybe i should be doing this and then the next day you're just scrolling and you're thinking oh actually i shouldn't be doing this i should be doing that i should be looking at this area i should invest out of state not in california california is not a place to invest and then some people are saying the opposite so i think it's finding the correct mentor uh being around the right people and just sticking to what you're going to do mm -hmm. um because the next thing you know if you're running around for 12 months just trying to do different things uh you'll end up not doing anything um and that is um and hands up that happens to me a lot of the times where you know weeks can go by and you're thinking you know i've got a whiteboard here and i'm just putting loads of things on there but you know you've got to do you've got to do the stuff as well so um learning is is definitely a lot through youtube through mentorship programs um and just through just through networking and and you'll be surprised if you pick up the phone to anyone you met networking and you truly just ask them a question, you know, leave your ego outside and like, you know what, I need help on this. I don't know this. And it could be mm -hmm. the most simplest question, 
everyone would be happy to help you and you know and I need things dumbed down for me all the time and I'm like can you just break that down in layman's terms please mm-hmm. everyone is open to do that so I wouldn't be wouldn't ever be scared of asking the question to anyone yeah I like that I think that's a that's a great answer it's just it's really interesting the the, the kind of the taking action and then not getting distracted is really interesting yeah. So here's, yeah. here's my tip was um, really to, I, I was guilty of that, or I am still am guilty of that, but I gave myself time to strategize. So what do I want to do? What do I want my company to do? Those kind of things. Okay, so how do I get there? Rather than I'm going to watch YouTube video after YouTube video and then kind of try and yeah. pause as much as I can and get as broad as possible. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so heavily hard. distracted all the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's normal because you know you've always got your phone in your hand and you're just like you know YouTube scrolling is this, is you know it's like Instagram it's just you're just going through and and everyone's just trying to shout at you and most people are just trying to sell something to you and 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 that's the thing that you just have to like you know just go straight yeah. forward and go go at it but um but yeah so talk to me about that pipeline then so I'm I'm really interested at the moment and again for for my own business in terms of how you build out a pipeline using a VA and using um you know an automated phone service no maybe not automated phone service but a outsourced call center what does that yeah. flow look like so i mean there's there's a number of ways to to find leads and in whatever whatever part of real estate that you're working in leads are the king without leads there is no business there is no real estate you know it's all about getting the leads um and so it can be through cold calling these lists it can be through door knocking it can be through you know driving for dollars and then cold calling them uh texting is uh, is a big part of marketing um you know people put bandit signs out uh which i don't think are legal but people still do it uh, if you've got an ugly house call this number uh facebook marketing pay-per-click so ppc is very um uh it's a very big thing at the moment but it's super expensive so i think at the start it's all about keeping your budget down you can spend five ten grand a month on this marketing but i would and what i'm doing at the moment is keeping those costs as low as possible because you've got a lot of subscriptions as well you know you're paying uh you know a hundred dollars for your dialer a hundred dollars for um, prop stream, 104 batch leads and your CRM system, you know, it all adds up. And I think it's about just getting that first deal and then just organically growing as much as possible. But it's all about, um, you know, outsourcing as much as you can so you can spend the time doing, you know, what really matters. However, if you haven't made a cold call in your life or if, it, if you haven't closed a deal ever in your life, you should not be outsourcing this to a VA. It needs to be done. You need to be calling and you need to be speaking to sellers every single day because only until then can you train someone to do it. So it's about perfecting your script um, and, and really speaking to sellers and uh, just understanding what type of situation people can be in because every situation is different, but generally there's only about four or five types of situation. So you'll, you'll, you'll know a response to everything very quickly to every single objection that's out there. Um, but yeah, that's the flow. It will come in and it will come into me, come straight into my CRM. And um, and then, yeah, then I'm, I have a sort of a drip feed system if they don't answer the phone, but my aim is to get them on the phone and get an appointment and understand if they're motivated or not. And if we can meet on price and if we can, let's do the deal. If not, move on. Uh, there's there's no point of uh, uh, of going after a dead lead. 
Mm-hmm. No, I like that. I used to uh, I used to cold call when I was at university. Uh, so yeah. I, I how was that? I, do you know what lucrative actually? I used to work yeah. about three hours a day, and it was it would make pretty good money. I think not bad. Yeah, not bad for a student. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's something I I haven't yeah. had to do for a while. But yeah, phoning a few real estate people is is cold calling, and it's yeah, it's you know, a little bit more skin it, in the game, right? It is tough, you know, uh, calling all day and a lot of people not answering or people putting the phone down on you, a lot of abuse. Um, you know, you've got to have a bit of thick skin to do this, but you've got to think of, you know, the end game and and, and what you're actually doing it for. Um, but it's very easy to get lost in it and just say, right, I'm not cold calling today, forget it, I don't want to do it. So it's not the nicest thing to do, but if you can outsource it, fine. And then, you know, put your time where, where it matters. Getting those reps in. Um, yeah. In term in terms of creative finance, do you do you do anything with the creative finance side of things? Yeah, so um, so we we buy properties in in two ways. So either either cash, um, or we do it creatively. So if we were to buy cash, it's generally going to be a, a, at a bit more of a discount because naturally, um, you know, we don't have a million dollars sitting in our bank account. It is getting it from hard money lenders and private lenders. And they are high holding costs, and you know you're paying one or one and a half percent origination fees. Um, you know you're paying hefty interest rates for you know the whole period, which is between four or five months for for a flip, or it could be longer depending on the market. Um, so generally buying cash is riskier, uh, and so we have to buy at a bit more of a discount, uh, which all investors do. If uh, we're unable to get close to that price and the seller wants a little bit more, we can do something more creatively and it all depends on their situation. So and if they if they own it free and clear um, and, and they've got 100% equity, then we could uh, maybe um, you know negotiate terms and get seller finance on that. So if they don't need the cash straight away, if they don't need $700,000 straight away, we can maybe give them a bit of a, a down payment and agree a term and maybe a balloon payment in seven or 10 years and pay them in installments. Um, that way we're able to pay a bit more for the property. Um, we can agree an interest rate between us and we can try cash flow. And also the seller uh, doesn't have to pay capital gains straight away uh, if, if it's due, uh, if it's an investment property or you know if it goes past the the 250,000 or 500,000 threshold of capital gains tax. So um, it does help. Um, if it's not seller finance, then we can also take over the payments of the mortgage, uh, which is known as subject two. And you know a lot of mortgages out there, they're paying two and a half, three percent, three and a half percent. Some of these older mortgages that are out there, not sold, but, but definitely a lot lower than what the mortgages are, uh, the rates are now. So the advantage, obviously, for us is taking over those payments and paying a, a lower interest rate. Uh, but also, we don't have to take a loan out for them to pay their bank back. So the banks don't make the money, uh, which is always a good thing. So there's loads of different ways of doing it. There's also lease options that we can do, tons of things. Um, and I think it's just not bombarding the seller with all of this information straight away. Yeah, It's just understanding the motivation, getting an understanding of what they want what is going to make their life easier, then you can get down and sit with them and, and see how you can make it easier for them. Um, you know, if, it's all about making the seller's life easy. As long as it, it works for them and works for you, it's a deal. 
You know, it, you don't have to make it difficult for them. And it's not about convincing them to do anything. It's just about seeing if it works for both. No, I love that. And I think for me, the, the seller financing piece or the creative financing piece and taking it away from the banks, there's kind of a, uh, I guess, free-spirited streak in me. It's like, yeah, I like yeah. that. Take it away from, yeah. from they got they got enough money. Or They've got enough, yeah. Maybe they, they haven't. To make money. <laughs> and that's a problem too, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, it's a it's a win win situation then. And um, but yeah, I mean that's something. It's going to be it's going to be very common over the next uh, next couple of years. I think. I think the way we see the economy going, um, you know, unfortunately there may be um, you know some people out there who aren't able to keep uh, keep up with these uh, these payments. And so um, it's always going out there and trying to help as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean buy at a discount and just take advantage of people. It's nothing like that. It's maybe actually letting them keep their house and maybe, um, you know, having an option on there where you can buy at a future, um, uh, a future date. But yeah, it's about helping people as much as possible. Um, but you know, it's, it's, if you can profit as much as possible, that'd be great as well. <laughs> I like that. Um, so yeah. let's move on to, um, I guess wins and losses. I'd love to get your take on kind of the the lessons you've learned, um, especially moving into a kind of a new market and a new country. Uh, is there kind of oh, anything man. that stands out? Positive, negative, all of the above. Um, yeah. So, so positive. I think we've mentioned it as well. It's it's being around people. It is the the most important part is just being around the right people because you can read all the books and watch all the videos you want, but getting in front of people and and, and it's like it's just like the gym. It's like having a training partner that is stronger than you is always better because they will push you and uh, you will end up getting to where they are. Same thing in real estate, uh, just being with those veterans and hard hitters and uh, you know, you'll know you get there. Um, I think consistency is probably you know one of my losses. And if you're not staying consistent on doing something, um, you, you will fail. Um, there's There's... It's hundred percent your fail. There's no going around it. So, I think it's focusing on something, um, and you will have to chop and change a lot. Like now, you know, I'm doing my my VA might not be good. I have to change, or I might change from cold calling to texting, or I might change door knocking, or do this, do that. Changing is fine, but I think staying consistent and at least giving it a chance is very, very important. Um, and and having a having a niche or a niche, as they say in America is just, um, you know, not trying to do everything because if you try and do everything, you'll do nothing. So if it's starting off, um, I would say start off with maybe wholesaling and focusing on smaller single family homes and, and learning how to flip a property and learning about construction and, and JVing with people. And then maybe moving on and, and doing larger projects and going to multifamily and doing all those things. Um, it's easy to to become overwhelmed and I become overwhelmed all the time, especially when I go to meetups and I'm like, whoa, these guys are making so much money. Maybe I should do what they're doing. And then I just like mm -hmm. just lose my way. It seems you know, so easy. Have, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's just like I'll bring the gym in again. You'll see, you know, maybe a massive guy in the gym like, oh, my God, I need to get like his. No, you, you, you're in competition with yourself and no one else. Mm -hmm. And and that is the key. Just focus on are you better today than you were yesterday if you are you've won mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you have to be better than that next person uh, because otherwise you're living life just constantly trying to compete with others and next thing you know you know time's up so yeah just um just go for it i think 
I love that. No, and I think the other in- interesting thing, and you might share this viewpoint that I ha- I had kind of moving to the states was I kind of got to to zero everything, so I got to move countries and good or bad, I zeroed like you know I had to kind of start my career from from yeah. a certain point. I got kind of lucky in that. Um, yeah. But my bank account, I had to kind of zero that and start again and yeah. shift what little savings I had over. And I had to yeah. start again with credit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. what what it taught me was there's there's ways to do this quickly. And for anyone listening who's, you know, born and raised in America and is in debt or is clearing debt or has a low credit score, you can start to do things to get you in a position to be able to invest very quickly, even if you just go down the traditional investing route. Um, the creative financing, wholesaling, all that stuff. You don't necessarily need to have tons of money and, and perfect credit. But definitely. That build is an interesting process, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's the, the, the you know, everyone thinks, you need, you know, you need 20% down. You need a 760 credit and above. You need to have income of this much. And generally for conventional, yeah, you do. You, you know, of course, good credit is very important. Income is very important. But... Um, there are other ways to get on the property ladder and, and buy something. And if you can, if you pick something up, seller finance, you know, they don't, they don't check your credit. Yeah. They, they've already got the, um, the house as security. So if you can get something like that and, and maybe a hybrid with sub two and, and seller finance and house hack, um, you know, get a duplex or, or get a single family home and just rent the rooms out, uh, offset your, uh, expenses. I mean, that's probably one thing I would, I would, if I, if I moved here, you know, uh, five, ten years ago, and I was a lot yeah, younger, if you were you like, I'm the same, uh, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, now I'm, I'm I'm married with kids, and so there's a certain amount of expenditure that I need to have. I need to have a certain size house and stuff for the kids and cars and stuff like that. But if I came just single, live below your means, forget what other people are doing, and you know, spending so much money on eating out and doing all the stuff. Do it, enjoy your life, but live below your means for those amount of years. Be smart, invest, and then you'll enjoy your 30s more than anyone right now in their 30s. And my, my biggest takeaway moving here was there is there's a huge amount of entrepreneurship. People are resourceful and creative and all that good stuff. There's also a hell of a lot of people that live way beyond their means on credit. And I saw a post on Facebook um, the other day and someone was... Uh, talking about how they were making rent but they had this and they had that and then their wife wanted to buy this $500 bag yeah and I was like there's your issue right there you're you're renting you don't have any property you only have assets you only have liabilities and you're going to drop half a g on a handbag yeah yeah there's something there exactly (laughs) um and you know it's just it's it's the way the world works now I mean it's um it's it's a it's a seller's market everyone's just looking to buy 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 but um you've got to think about tomorrow because you know and we can we don't have to talk about the economy but you know i think everyone knows what inflation is and what's happening mm-hmm. um and you know maybe 30 years away seems like a long time it's not uh and i think just planning planning for that now is not a boring thing to do you can make it fun um you know it's not just about you know, putting money in your 401k, you know, that's the boring side to it. The fun side is, you know, not saving for retirement when you're 65 or 70, aiming to retire by the time you're 45. Mm. That's the interesting part. 
that's 100%. the fun part like how do I get there where I actually don't have to worry about work after 45 and I can really enjoy my life that's the way I think you should think about retirement rather than thinking alright need to save them up for 401k until I'm 70 years old not going to happen who knows what's going to happen to those 401ks we have mm-hmm. no control over it yeah you don't and it just goes into the uh, the the company and that's it oh, yeah. basically yeah. yeah no I feel you on that um, in terms of the market, and I, I appreciate we're we're kind of running on time, but um, what do you think in San Diego? What do you think is going to happen? Um, so uh, the supply uh, shortage is chronic, and it will be chronic for the next twenty years. So um, it's it's just very difficult for the number of houses that we have here Mm -hmm. to meet the demand of people who live in San Diego and are moving to San Diego. And more and more people will be moving to San Diego. Uh, Obviously, we hear in the news that people are leaving California all the time, and people are leaving California, but generally they're not leaving from from here. They're they're leaving from the Bay Area or, or LA, and those people from LA or San Francisco are either moving to San Diego or moving out of state. So San Diego is is the secret that's no longer a secret anymore. I mean, you know, people are, are still moving here. So I don't ever see really in the next 20, 30 years a, a crash that's going to really affect San Diego. Obviously, everything that happens in the world and in the country will affect um, us at some point. Um, but this still is a micro micro market. Um, but look, it's it's investing is, isn't, uh, it's still, it still can be risky, but you can manage your risks. If you're looking to quickly buy and sell and make a quick buck, yes, you can lose money in the moving market. You know, there has been a correction, obviously, since last year. Prices have gone down. But if you're looking long term, you're not going to lose money buying in San Diego. Amazing. That's a great quote to, uh, to end on. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Um, yeah, you can um, you can add me on on Instagram. Uh, it's Ankur Chada SD. Um, I'm sure you'll pop it in the um, in the of notes. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, just just DM me, and you know I'll be happy to um, to collaborate. And you know whoever's messaging me, I'd, I'd love to learn from you guys as well. I'm sure you've got a lot of experience that I don't have, uh, and vice versa. And we can um, you know let's work together. And uh, always open to meeting up for a beer anytime. Epic. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. Definitely, man. Brilliant. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed thank it. Thank you so Time's much. Been, yeah. Time has flown. It's flown by, yeah. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.